Before I get to my next guest, Liberty DeVito, I want to remind you about a couple of more of our friends, starting with the folks over at Adele Golf. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies. And their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection, where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. The patented Joey Pouch technology delivers maximum comfort, fit, and performance while preventing any unwanted skin-on-skin contact or chafing. Good for anything from the golf course, to the boardroom, to the bedroom. You can find these two underperformance briefs in over 4,000 golf pro shops nationwide, all Shield Sports stores, all PGA Tour superstores, Golf Galaxy, Dillard's, and other fine retailers near you. You can also order them online at twounder.com. That's the number two, UNDR.com. Two under, performance in your pants. Use code NEXTT20, that's N-X-T-T-E-E-20, for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. We deal with a lot on the golf course, whether you're teeing off in front of a crowd, hitting a four iron after a rain delay, trying to figure out wind direction, or second guessing club selection. It's easy for your mind to race. That's exactly what drove Golf Pride to create the all new CPX. It's made with a unique EXO diamond quilted pattern, reducing vibration in your hands on every shot. The EX diamond quilted pattern really helps your hands sink into the club on every shot, giving you maximum comfort because when your hands are comfortable, you're comfortable. CPX is available now on GolfPride.com or at your local retailer. Okay, now next on the tee with me is legendary drummer Liberty DeVito. We've all known Liberty as a drummer in the Billy Joel band for over three decades, but he's also been a session drummer and played on records that have sold over 150 million copies worldwide. He's from Brooklyn, New York. His father was a New York police officer. Liberty taught himself how to play drums. In 2013, he was inducted into the Classic Drummers Hall of Fame. A year later in 14, he was inducted into the Long Island Music Entertainment Hall of Fame. He's recently written his memoir titled Liberty, Life, Billy, and the Pursuit of Happiness, which you can buy on Amazon or better yet, listen to him tell the story on Audible. And I am so thrilled he is with me tonight here on Next on the T. Hey, Liberty, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, man. Sounds great. Liberty, fun. I want to start by going going back to when it all started for you. When I was reading your book, you talk about your passion for the drums really starting out at about the age of one and a half when you're beating on pots and pans in the kitchen. Is that where your passion for playing the drums came from? You know, it's funny. Uh, later on in my career, I asked my dad, you know, he bought me drums. I always loved music, but he bought me drums at one point. And I asked him later on in my career, after I had made it with Billy, I said, why did you buy me drums? And he said, because they didn't make Prozac when you were a kid. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I... <laughs> so, so, yeah, I guess I used to uh, bang on the pots and pans and everything. I used to have to sit uh, in study hall in, in, in high school. I used to have to sit directly across from the teacher because they used to just tap my drumsticks on the, on the desk all the time or bang on the desk with my hands. And so they made me sit right across from the teacher so I wouldn't do that. You know, I was banging on everything. Liberty, talk about who Gene Krupa is and the impact that that he and Ringo Starr had on your career. Well, my mom loved Gene Krupa. 
you know, uh, she used to go uh, cut school to see Frank Sinatra sing and all, everything like that. She was the one that really got me into music. And she was the one that really enjoyed while I was practicing the drums. She always knew where I was because she could hear me from the basement. And uh, my dad was the one that, that he liked the fact that I was, was doing something with my life. <laughs> but uh, he used to go to see more movies when I used to practice the drums. But, um, yeah, Gene Krupa was, <laughs> Gene Krupa was the first one that I actually listened to. I, you know, I know this is a golf show and there's a great story about Buddy Rich, the other great drummer, uh, that was around the same time as Gene Krupa and lived longer than he did. Buddy Rich used to go golfing all the time. One day he had such a bad game, bad game. He got so upset. He took all his clubs, bag and everything and threw them in the leg. Right, threw them right in the pond. <laughs> he and stormed off. Five minutes later, he comes back. Everybody who's playing with him sees him just roll up his pants and walk into the pond, grab his bag. He forgot his keys to his car were in the bag. Correct. <laughs> 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 yeah, you know, I played golf. Uh, We'll get off the drums for a little bit. I played golf. I lived in Florida for nine years. I lived in Orlando. Played on Disney courses. Played on all that kind of stuff. And the one thing that I used to say after a game of golf was, thank God I've already had a career. Because I was so bad at it. <laughs> did, did you try to teach yourself how to play golf just like you taught yourself how to play drums? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. It was impossible. It's one of the hardest things I ever did. You know, eventually I asked my wife. I said, uh, "Golf course or intercourse?" She bought me a new set of clubs. You know, so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Where were some of the places you like to play? Um, you know, I can't remember the names of it, but because we used to go out there, you know, it was so much fun, and it kind of got. After the, uh, you know, a couple of holes, it was getting blurry. <laughs> you know, things were, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, th there's this, this Arizona children's charity that I play, uh, the band that, that I have we get together. And we play this Arizona children's charity. It's in, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, and it has a rolling cart with, with all kinds of booze. And it, it's ridiculous. Let me tell you something. I don't know how anybody can play golf. <laughs> it, it's pretty insane, you know. I know that. No, of course. Take it really. Take it seriously, like Alice Cooper and, and a couple of guys in his band. My friend Damon Johnson, who played with Alice Cooper, he he he's very serious about golf, you know. And uh, you know, I've never been a serious sports guy. But I have to become serious now because now you've got me on the show. <laughs> and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and my daughter, my, one of my daughters is dating the, um, uh, the manager of the Chicago Cubs. Just, wow. Now I have to learn about baseball. Yeah. <laughs> How can you say you need to learn about baseball? Everywhere I turn, I see a picture of you in a Yankees hat. Well, that's right, because the other guys in the Lords of 52nd Street, the band that I'm in now, are such Yankee freaks, you know? It, it's crazy. <laughs> we go down. Richie Canada 
which you cannot place the South Bengal banner at Yankee Stadium all the time. And we go down for spring training and hang out with all the Yankees. It, 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 it's wow. crazy, you know. Yeah. It's really crazy. So, Liberty, I got, obviously I need to ask you about, you know, meeting up with Billy and, and, and all of that. But when talk about the club where you may, where you met Billy. And, and one of my all-time favorite songs is a remake of You Keep Me Hanging On by Vanilla Fudge. Didn't you meet those guys and Billy in the same club? Yes, it was the, the, my house on, on, uh, in Plainview, Long Island. Um, I was in a band called the New Rock Workshop. Billy was in the band called The Hassle. And, uh, we were both kind of house bands in that place and we played together on the same night. And I would watch Billy and Billy would watch me. That's how we, we first met. We were passing the dock and just say hi. Uh, I knew he was talented when, uh, he played a song by a band that I loved, a band called Traffic. And he did a song called Colored Rain, Billy. And I thought, oh man, this guy's really good. But in that same club is where I met the Vanilla Fudge. It was the first time I had ever seen them play. And Carmine Apiece just blew me away. I mean, the way he played the drums was, was, was so aggressive that I, I it, he frightened me, actually. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, you know, my, my love for drums went, from Ringo, that's when I first took it serious when the Beatles were on the Ed Sullivan show. So Ringo first, then Dino Danelli from the Rascals, the Young Rascals, because he showed me that a drummer could be as much of a focus in a band as the lead singer. You know, he, I couldn't take my eyes off the Rascals when I saw Dino play. And then Carmine came with the power. So my style is a combination of a whole bunch of different drummers. Liberty, talk about the difference between Liberty DeVito and Billy Joel's drummer. <laughs> the difference between Billy Joel's drummer and Liberty DeVito is Billy Joel's drummer, uh, well, it used to be sex, drugs, and rock and roll, but now now it's uh, uh, it, it's four Advil, a Hershey's bar, and some Icy Hot rubbed in. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> just to keep up with them. We're doing it, that you're continuing to do it, you know. I mean, we made those records in the 70s, and now we're all in our 70s. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> uh, you got to play in places that were really unthinkable back in the day, namely getting to go to Russia, playing in Cuba. Talk about your experiences playing in those places. Well, Cuba was an exchange. Uh, thing that, that the Cuban government uh, decided to do with, with uh, CBS Records at the time. It was 150 Americans went over, and we played the Karl Marx Theater in Havana, Cuba. And for every American band that played, a Cuban band played. And I was quoted in the uh, New York Times as saying, if I hear one more conga drum, I'm going to run amok. But I really didn't say it like that. I said it with language that I can't use on the radio. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Cause I never, I would never say run amok. <laughs> so that was, what cool. was it like being over in Russia? Oh, uh, the Soviet Union, man. That, that was really intense. You know, before we went there, I had thoughts, you know, I grew up in, in the generation when, it, when we were kids, we hid under the desk because the Russians were going to drop bombs on us. They were going to destroy us. 
like the desk would do anything <laughs> but an atomic bomb fell. <laughs> you know? So I'm going over there. I'm getting on the plane thinking, like, I'm going to meet these three-headed monsters that breathe fire, you know? The enemy. We're going to see the enemy. We're going behind that wall that they built. We're going on the other side of the wall. And my name is Liberty. What am I doing? Insane. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know? But when I got there, I mean, the people, it was just like sitting around a family dinner. The people are beautiful everywhere we go, anywhere we travel. You sit down with people, they're beautiful everywhere. You know, the governments are the ones that are fighting. Not the, the people don't want wars. The governments are the ones that, that you know, they, they start the trouble, whatever. You know, it's crazy. One of the highlights, though, another highlight was playing Yankee Stadium. That. No uh, doubt. Yeah, that was done in the video, and it's been being re-released in October of this year. They remixed it, and they re uh, they uh, did HD it, or whatever the hell you call it, you know, whatever the heck you call that. Uh, but it's coming out in October again, and I had just seen it in a little theater, and it's pretty cool to watch again. It was, yeah, you know, I don't know how many years ago it was, but it was a long time ago, and I get to sing Shout in it. The, the song Shout, you know, by the Isley Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Billy stuck, Billy stuck the mic in my face because he forgot the words. And I just went, okay. <laughs> and I started singing. <laughs> you know, Liberty, you talk about power and, and, and drumming. And, and when I watched the Millennium concert that you guys did the night of New Year's Eve in 1999 leading up to the new Millennium, on yeah. the downbeat of the first song, which was Big Shot, you look so intense and pounding on the drums as that song started. What was it had to be a huge adrenaline rush to come out and try to and, and entertain people at Madison Square Garden on uh, New Year's Eve for the millennium. What was that like? You're, you're in the center of the world on, uh, on the year 2000. You know, you're going from 1999 to 2000. You're in the center of the world in Madison Square Garden sitting there. And I get to start off with the, with the, the, the four counts on the snare drum. You know, uh, people always ask me, how do you hit the drum so hard? Well, my secret is I have a picture of my first ex-wife on the snare drum, and my <laughs> second ex-wife is on the top drum. And there's Uncle Sam on the floor, Tom. <laughs> That's awesome. So that, that night had to be insane. Like, that whole night had to be insane. What was it like being a part of that? It, it was insane. It was insane. And, you know, we we had to start the show and then time it. So when, when it hit uh, 12 o'clock, 12 midnight, the balloons fell and all that confetti and everything like that. So it was interesting in the things that Billy chose to do to kind of waste time between songs. We played songs that we've never <laughs> played before. <laughs> Liberty, you talked about you idolized the Beatles and Ringo was your guy. And I read yeah. in your book, you got a call from out of nowhere to do a session yeah. with the guy at first that they weren't going to tell you who it was with. And you already had, a, a, I believe, a wedding to go to that same day. I think it was Phil Ramona yeah. trying to get you to do it, do a gig, and they weren't going to tell you who it was. And, and you pressed the issue and you finally found out it was Paul McCartney. Talk about that 
Yeah, well, I get the phone call, and, and it's, it's, it's Bill Ramon's assistant calling me up, Joe D'Ambrosio, and he, he, he says to me, he goes, uh, Phil wants you to do this uh, session. It's on such and such a date. you got to be there. I said, I can't. i got to go to a wedding. It's, uh, I'm the best man in a wedding. got to go. Oh, no, you got to cancel the wedding. you got to come to the session. I said, okay, who is it? I can't tell you. Come on, you got to tell me. i got to cancel the session. What, are you crazy? Uh, I can't tell you. The guy goes on for about five minutes and can't tell me, right? Finally, he goes, okay, I'll tell you. It's Paul McCartney. I went, I'm going to call you back in, in two minutes, right? So I go to my mom <laughs> because I always went to my mother and I always asked her, what should I do? So I called my mom. I said, mom, it's, it's, uh, I got to do this session. They want me to do it, but I got this wedding the same day. Uh, they want me to cancel the wedding. I don't know what I should do. And my mother says, oh, no, Liv, you've got to go to the wedding. You told your friend you'd be in the bridal party. You've got to do it, you know? And then my mom finally says, who is it for? And I said, it's Paul McCartney. And she goes, frig the wedding. Forget it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, so I went to the session thinking like, this guy, well, what does he want with me? And the first thing that happened, this was when he was married to Linda, uh, his wife, Linda. And she walks in the studio first and she points right at me. She goes, I know who you are. We've been watching your videos. I'm like, are you kidding me? Paul McCartney's been watching my videos? You know, this is insane. And then he walks in and uh, Red Sea Park. Let me tell you. He walked in. <laughs> he starts shaking hands. He shakes my hand. I say, I'm Liberty. Hi, I'm Paul. And then he goes to the next guy. And I back out of the control room into a hallway. And I'm like, the devil is on one shoulder and the angel's on the other shoulder. The angel's saying, oh, he's just another musician like you are. And the devil's going, no, he's not. He's a beetle, you know, <laughs> going back and forth. Like, it was insane. It was insane. And you guys actually flipped roles at one point, right? Didn't you sit down at the drums and you started playing the drums? And not to be shown oh, up, you picked yeah. up a, a guitar uh, and started to play uh, the guitar. Yeah, well, he sat down on the drums. We did, a, we did one, we did two songs. In between the two songs, we took a break. You know, we ate pizza. We talked about children. It was nice. And uh, I wanted him to say the word Beatles. Because, you know, with the English accent, they say Beatles. The Beatles. When I was at the Beatles, you know, he wouldn't say Beatles. He called them the other band all the time. When I was with the other band. What other band? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so he gets that. And when the break is over, we go back in the studio. And he sits down on a drum. And he's playing the drums. And he, he's looking at me like playing the drums, you know, like, I'm cool, and I am cool. And the other guys come in, and they start playing along with him. Finally, after 10 minutes, he stops playing, gets off the drums. Now, I can play a little bit of guitar, and one song I can play is Blackbird. And so I pick up the there's an acoustic guitar spin next to me. I pick it up, and I start playing Blackbird. And he stops dead in his tracks, and he goes, oh, my God, you can play that? So I said, Yes, I can. <laughs> Liberty, when you guys were in the studio recording the Stranger album with Billy, I read that you guys hated just the way you are and thought scenes from an Italian restaurant was way too long. You guys ever yeah, say anything yeah. to Billy about that? Oh, yeah. We were, 
Billy was in agreement with us. Just the way you are almost didn't make it onto the album because we, we wanted to be a rock band, like, you know, uh, you, you know, uh, like the stranger and stuff like that. You know, those are the heavier rock songs and stuff. Just the way you are was kind of like, oh, this is wimpy. But Linda Ronstadt and, and Phoebe Snow both came in the studio at the same time and we played them just the way you are for, for them. And they said, if you guys put that on the album, you'll get more girls than you know what to do with. Boom. It immediately went on. <laughs> Good call. A woman loved. <laughs> Liberty, in the documentary, Hired Gun, you said, if Billy's the father of all those songs, I'm at least the uncle. Is that accurate? Yeah. That is accurate. You know, uh, Billy wrote the songs. When, when, when people think Billy Joel, because his name's on the cover, his picture's on the front cover, we're only on the back, they think Billy comes in the studio and tells us what to do. When we went into the studio, the first day, Billy might have had two or three songs that were maybe complete. That's all, just the chords and the words. We come up with the parts, we create the parts that, that you hear on the record. Uh, the drum beat or the guitar parts. Those are all created by the musicians that are in the room with Billy. You know, in the beginning of my book, Billy says that I took his classical training and made it into rock and roll. You know, I, I'm the guy that didn't take lessons. Billy was a classically trained musician. So together, you know, he wrote the beautiful melodies and I took it to the streets to, to the common person, you know? Uh, and it just seemed to work out like that. We, we, our niche, we, we were from middle class, blue collar families, and we wrote that kind of music. And people were able to relate to us. Liberty, this is, uh, this show has obviously given me a lot of opportunities from a golf perspective to meet a lot of my golf heroes. I have to imagine that your music and the things you did, you had to have met all your heroes. Who are some of oh. the incredible people that, you know, as a kid, you you dreamt about meeting, and suddenly you're standing in a room with them? Well, of course, the Beatles. You know, I met two Beatles, uh, Paul, of course, and Ringo. When I first met Ringo, I walked up to him and I said, I, I, I can't believe that, that I'm talking to you, because you're the reason that I'm doing what I'm, what I'm doing today. You're the reason I'm doing it. And he looked at me and he said, well, at least you're not blaming me for it. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of heroes. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to tell you, when I was in high school, everybody knew I wanted to be a drummer. And I loved the group traffic that Steve Winwood was in. And in my yearbook, I have people, they, they would write, keep your head together, and one day you'll be playing Madison Square Garden, and stuff like that. And somebody wrote, keep practicing, and one day you'll play with Steve Winwood. Well, Steve Winwood played on the Bridge album with us. He played the organ on one of the songs called Getting Closer. And I brought my yearbook from high school into the studio and showed him. And I said, look at wow. this. And he, he just looked at me and goes, oh, man, you're making me feel old. 
<laughs> Liberty, speaking of heroes that I've met, we have a wonderful mutual friend, Matthew Lawrence, who has been a hero of mine since I saw him and Eddie and the Cruisers. Talk about your relationship with Matt. First, let me tell you something. We, we would, I met him. We were doing this, these signings. You know, they have these fairs where, where you go and meet the stars of movies that you, you grew up watching or, or music that you listen to, the people that were in the band. And you, you get their autographs and, and signed pictures. You take pictures with them. That's why I met Matthew. Now, my wife is an Eddie and the Cruises freak. My wife is, is of that age. She's younger than I am. And um, she's of that age, Eddie and the Cruises. So I, I walk in, and I'm in my position. And we're kind of like uh, an, on a corner. And Matthew and... And the guy that played Eddie is, is at the table. And I'm like, I can't believe this. I call my wife. Matthew immediately gets on the phone with her. He's on the phone. <laughs> He's like talking and talking and talking. I'm thinking, okay, Matthew. Yeah, it's my wife. Hey, all right, man. <laughs> she loves the movie. Yeah. Now she loves you. <laughs> okay. I can have a hard time getting home now. Thanks. No. But we struck up a relationship. We hung out like for three days. Went to dinners, went to good breakfast, we, you know, all the time. He's a great guy, and he needs to come back to New York. <laughs> you know, he's always threatening that he's going to come back to New York, and I always tell him I'll buy him pizza if he comes back. <laughs> he's a wonderful, great. wonderful person. I love the guy. Yeah, so do I. Sing, I couldn't agree more. Sing, sings happy birthday to me every year. No, <laughs> look at that. Liberty, one more before I let you go, and you've written a wonderful children's book, Love Santa Claus. Yes. Talk about that. Yes. Coming out in October, Love Santa Claus. It's about uh, basically whether you believe in in uh, the part of Christmas that uh, you go to church for, or if you don't, this is how Santa Claus got his job. You know, this is how he got his gig. Uh, it, it talks about how, what happened, uh, and why we celebrate Christmas and, you know, the spiritual part of Christmas. But there is this one guy that brings around the toys that some people that believe in the spiritual part don't believe in the, the one that does the toys. But Christmas touches everybody. And so I just wanted to write a book about a little children's book about Santa Claus how he got the gig, and why he is Santa Claus. Liberty, how can our listeners stay up to date with all the great things you're doing? How can we follow you, whether it's online, it's on social media, wherever it is, get your book, listen to your book, talk about all the ways we can stay up to date with you. Okay, I'm on Facebook all the time. I'm on Instagram. Um, I um, uh, Amazon, my books on Amazon, both books on Amazon. Uh, the Lords of 52nd Street is my band that we do all the, we're the guys that, that played the original Billy Joel band, myself, Russell Jabbers and Richard Kanata in the original Billy Joel band. And, uh, we, we, we tour around the country and you can find us on the Lords of 52nd Street, uh, website or Facebook page. I have another band called the Slim Kings, another Facebook page or website. And, uh, yeah. You can, uh, I'll give you my address. Hold on. You can come by. 
No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Liberty, you're a treat, my friend. I can't, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of your busy schedule to come and be a part of this show. I hope we get the privilege of catching up with you again sometime. That's great. Where are you located? I'm in Atlanta. Oh, Atlanta's very nice. I love Atlanta. You know, you got a Bronco <laughs> museum down there. I used to have a 74 Bronco. And there's a guy that has all these restored Broncos. It's a mu- museum of restored Broncos. And it's, he, he really? told me if I ever come down, yeah, he told me if I ever come down there, I can, I should stop by and see them. I, I, he posts all the time on vintage Broncos. They're beautiful. Really? Yeah. Well, that's interesting because yeah. my wife is a huge Bronco fan, if you will. So I can't yeah. believe we have one of those here and I haven't been dragged to that place yet. There you go. There you go. There you go. That's right. Liberty, thanks again, my friend. All the best to you and your family. I I hope we get to catch up with you again soon. Let's hope. Okay. God bless. Thank you, Liberty. That is the great Liberty DeVito. How much fun was that segment, folks? Holy cow. That's one of the most fun segments that we've had on the show so far this year. Really enjoyed that. We barely scratched the surface of the great achievements that he has had and the things that he has been involved with. He is a huge reason why we're all such great fans of Billy Joel and the music that they created together. Guys in two music hall of fames, all the wonderful people that he has been involved with and around and recorded with. Boy, I sure can't wait to have him back on the show. I hope he gives us the privilege of catching up with him again very soon.